friends, and welcome to Bet on You Radio, where every week we have an amazing guest sharing incredible stories to give you the tools and strategies you need to bet on yourself and win. I am Ben Whiting here with the, um, the amazing, the legendary New York Times bestselling author, keynote speaker, Angie Witkowski. How are you doing, Angie? Well, Ben, with an introduction like that, how could I not feel good about myself? Every week, I'm going to try to come up with like new words, new. T- but you're always that New York Times bestseller. That's a tough one to tough one to leave out. <laughs> I really, I'm sure, like many people, just really uncomfortable with those titles. Yeah, and you are blushing. I wish we could see. I just, yeah. <laughs> And, I, and, I, and then you put me in a position. Well, you don't put me in a position like, what do I say? Hey, Ben, how are you? <laughs> the magical, mysterious. I can't think of another M word. Uh, that's fine. Mentalist. That's fine. Ben. <laughs> Dear friend of mine, Ben, how have you been? Ben? This has actually been a rough weekend for me. Like I had some, some travel issues and I'll just be honest. At about five o'clock yesterday morning, uh, my dog Scooter was having some some breathing issues. It was kind of convulsing when he breathed, which is very scary because you know he's our he's our fur baby, and uh, he's my wife's first dog. So we ended up getting up early and spending all day at the vet. Long story short, he had just a lot of stuff in his stomach and got some drugs and an enema, and he's doing great now. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> Well, drugs in an enema sound awesome. I mean, but let's talk just about a typical Sunday night. <laughs> just the emotions, because I know we're going to have a great guest today that's talking about an interesting side of bet on you risk taking, and that comes with our emotions, especially as we heal through difficult times in our life. But that sounds for several hours. You and your wife Erin were probably really nervous. Scared. We were nervous. We were very nervous. We, you know, we were talking to each other. But what we actually ended up doing is sitting in the parking lot listening to stand up comedy. Uh, and laughing and then we went to a little place close by and had a glass of wine and some appetizers and just you know we actually had some really really good thoughtful and meaningful conversations with even with all this kind of vulnerability underneath it but I wonder if just kind of the fear about Scooter just made us open up to each other and I felt like we had a personally between the two of us a great day and now that Scooter's doing better a, even a better great day, day. Yes. yeah it's funny because as you talk about those emotions. I've been reading a really, really great book. It's Robert Greene's book called The Laws of Human Nature. And it's been such an interesting conversation. Um, It's been, aside from today, beautiful here in Northern Michigan. (laughs) And we've been going on these long walks just talking about how, you know, our emotions often get misinterpreted in our mind. You know, we have the this you know, emotions essentially are just senses and chemicals in our body, but then we have this part of our brain that's trying to translate them. And what if we were just emotionally smarter? Could we better articulate what are, you know, the roots of our fears? Could we better articulate what makes us really happy? And You know, we tell our clients all the time, no matter what the problem is, odds are good that people are going to be a part of the solution. But if you look at people like numbers or cogs in a machine and neglect the emotional side of them, you are leaving a lot of influence and motivation on the table. And so what I'm so excited about our guest today is we're going to be diving into those emotions and learning how to be more self-aware, learning how to connect with other people, which can benefit us with anyone we connect with in life, whether that's our colleagues, clients, or just, you know, our friends. Yeah, Jill Collister, she is, not only is she a senior leader at Benefit Cosmetics, but through her process of going through divorce, she found an opportunity to create a podcast called 
brokenhearted blockbuster where she talks about people going through heartbreak and what movies they and music and everything else they do to heal. I got a question for you, Ben. Uh-oh. What or who, I should say, was your first heartbreak? Oh, my gosh. I shouldn't say her last name, but it was sixth grade. Her name was Tiffany. Oh, she she wrung me like a wet towel and threw me outside. It was rough. I was <laughs> I was in sixth grade trying to process these huge feelings. I had just started taking guitar lessons, and so I was crying and holding the guitar, but I didn't know how to play it, so I was just trying to do something that sounded sad, and I couldn't, so I just put a Boys to Men CD on and cried to that. Well, that's that's pretty therapeutic, too. I'm just seeing you trying to strum out your song and not having a tune. Not having the skill to do it, which made me even more sad, like just depressing. And here we are laughing about it. Oh, my God, yeah. It's because it's hysterical now hysterical now <laughs> well well what about you surely you can share some oh. heartbreak from your life yes well there's been plenty of it but the man i am now married to ed Wachowski, we were actually dated well we actually dated in college and we broke up in college and it was agonizing and it was really one of those situations where we i don't want to say we had to break up but there was really no clear path for us to staying together i was a couple of years ahead of him i was going to go off into the marine corps and God knows where the Marine Corps was going to send me. He was a couple of years behind me in school. He was still enlisted. He was on his path to be an officer. But those types of relationships are frowned upon in the military. They call it fraternization. And so I didn't know where he was going. And we just decided to break up. And I'm so glad nobody said to me in that moment of my deepest heartbreak that, hey, you know, cheer up. 25 years later, you're going to get back together, but only after you marry, go through a divorce, have two kids, move on. I'm so glad I did not have that picture. <laughs> uh, Ed was obviously playing the long game. He was. He after was about 25 years. Patience just, of a saint. <laughs> I know. Or maybe a commitment phobe, really, if you think about it. One or, of those yeah, or the most extreme commitment phobe you can think of. <laughs> well, friends, when we come back, you're going to hear... Just a wonderful conversation about one woman's journey into healing and how she invited other people to the party. And maybe you're going through something difficult right now, knowing that this is Bet On You Radio. Some of the greatest risks we can take is confronting our fears and having the courage to move forward through the uncertainty of life that presents itself. Hey, friends, we are back here at Bet On You Radio. And Ben, I am so excited to introduce Jill Collister. Talk about courage. When we talk about betting on ourselves, risk is required and so is courage. It's kind of the precursor to risk. Jill is the creator of the podcast Brokenhearted Blockbuster. Jill, welcome today to Bet On You Radio. Yay, I'm so excited to be here and thank you for having me. I really, really enjoy your podcast. Um, I've been listening to the first few and then the last few. I was about to say, I wasn't in the first few. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry, Ben, you're new to me. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm new to a lot of people. But I love Traverse City now. I'd like to move there. Thank you. Please keep an eye out for a house for me. We will. Oh, yeah, and we'd love to have you because you are so much fun. And I think that's really a creative act is to take a really difficult subject about brokenheartedness and make it so much fun. Can you share a little bit about the inspiration, which I know is kind of a personal inspired move, but the broken hearted blockbuster is a broken hearted movie review comedy podcast and where it came from 
was in 2020, um, after 20 years of marriage, um, I got a, you know, surprising divorce. <laughs> it was very abrupt. It was, I know I'm laughing about it now. It's, you know, it's three years later, so I'm a little, a little distance from it. But I was just really, really um, surprised and sad and heartbroken. And I just went to a place where I was trying to heal in any way possible. Um, and so what happened was I would meet with friends and my friends, all very well-meaning, would say, um, you know, have you tried this? Have you tried, you know, meditation? Have you tried yoga? Um, so my friends were very well-intentioned, well-meaning. And the one thing that they kept also hitting on was, what kind of divorcee do you want to be? And have you watched movies about divorce? So I started watching some movies about divorce, you know, or, you know, Stella got her groove back and, you know, First Wives Club, but they're, you know, really, really rich and always wearing white. And I was like, I cannot rock, you know, a white suit every day. That's just not going to happen for me. So um, started watching these movies, but then more importantly, met with these friends that were suggesting these movies and interviewed them about their broken heart and what they did to heal. And just hearing everyone's story because a broken heart, you know, even when you're going through it, everyone has a beginning, a middle and an end and like how they got through it and what they did and how they healed from it. So for me, it was a really great journey, you know, to talk to friends and find out how they came through on the other side. And what I learned is that my friends have, oh, so sorry, so much depth and so much, um, you know, various stories of healing. And it really, really, it really helped me to kind of work through it. And then, so the first part is really about their broken heart. The second part is about the movies and all of that. I interviewed all my friends. Um, and then, so the first part of Broken Hearted Blockbuster is about my friend's heartbreak and they tell their story. Um, and we've had all kinds of heartbreak on there. Of course, there's the classic heartbreak of, you know, breaking up with a partner or breaking up with someone. But then there's also, um, you know, people talk about losing their parents or losing a child. Um, so there's been a lot of variety in the heartbreak and hearing everyone's story really helped me to heal. And then uh, the second part is really breaking down a movie. So we've done all of the classics, you know, My Big Fat Greek Wedding and you know, all of those great movies that you really, really love. Um, and really just super fun to, um, to break those movies down because sometimes they're like really romantic and you're just like, what is happening here? Um, sometimes they're really silly and, you know, so it's, it's like a movie review comedy podcast. So it's, it's really fun. What would be your guys's breakup movie or a movie that's a go-to for you when you feel like you want to cheer up when i want to cheer up or like just a breakup movie like i think they'd be they'd be too i can well i'll give you both the um yeah a movie that cheers me up always is hook with robin williams oh. it's just one of my childhood it just reinforces imagination and fun and the importance of being in touch with your childhood and not losing that so that is just a goodie for me um on that same note, uh, one that sometimes you you know you watch a movie just because you're like you know what I just need to 
get something out of my system. And for me, that is Finding Neverland uh, with Johnny Depp and Kate Winslet. It's just one of those movies that kind of wrenches you a little bit, but also gives you hope at the end. Uh, and so those are probably my two. I feel like you have a pirate fetish. All right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a theme. Your uh, Peter Pan is definitely. It is, yeah. It's, and I've, I've been in plays. As, it, it's it's a we whole. We should other, bring we, that we, to your counselor. We, we, need, a whole, we that. need a whole another episode just for Ben's pirate Peter Pan thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, but Jill, I'm curious because what's so incredible about this is you were at a point in your life where you were just. I would assume vulnerable, just kind of raw and making, taking the decision to go public with that and asking other people to do the same. Uh, that's just such an incredible decision. What led you to think that that could be the solution? Well, I think for me, I wanted to take like just what was the most vulnerable and literally shittiest moment of my life and turn it into something else. So really just kind of putting it out there and saying, wow, this, this sucks and I don't know how to get help. Um, you know, I, I had, you know, I went to a therapist, I did all, all the things, you know, um, honestly, if they, if, you know, somebody had suggested, why don't you like, you know, sacrifice a goat, I would have been like, okay, you know, I mean, pros, cons. <laughs> <laughs> just a really, in your words, you know, really raw and vulnerable time. Um, and, you know, again, it was, it was not only just about like, the, the, it's a comedy podcast. It's very, very funny. I know the way I'm describing it doesn't sound super funny, but it's, it's, it's very funny. And it was just amazing how many of my friends wanted to show up and tell their story. And I think that part of it is, them healing themselves. Every time somebody comes on the podcast, they say, Oh my God, you know, I, I haven't talked about that in years, or I've, or I haven't thought about that. And I feel so much better. Um, but I also think it was about a hand reaching out for me, which was so kind and people wanting to help me heal. You create a forum for people to talk about their grief, their lessons learned, and that's how you heal. I would be really curious about what you've learned through the grief process of creating this space for people to pour out their hearts and talk about their loss. What have you been learning too? I imagine this has been quite incredible to bear witness to people's stories. Yeah, I think um, there are a few lessons there. One of the biggest things that I've learned is that everybody does have a story. Um, and even though you think you know someone or you know someone casually or you feel like you know them well, there's always another level and there's always another story. Um, and that really made me understand my friends and people that came in to talk on the podcast a, a lot um, better in a lot deeper way. So that was fantastic. Um, I think the other thing is what was interesting is when I was really in the thick of it and just down in the in the muck, you know, just feeling like, oh, I'm never going to get out of this. Um, it was pretty amazing to hear how, again, everyone's story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And there's always something that someone has learned from it. And on the end part, they always come out better. 
So that to me was the biggest story because when you're in it and you're just heartbroken and your heart is smashed into a million pieces and then you put it over the cheese grater and you're just looking at it like, there's my heart. It was nice to hear how everyone, you know, was like, oh, but that was four years ago and now I feel like this. Or even, you know, oh, that was a month ago and now I know this. So there's always something to learn from the heartbreak. Um, and for me, I think that that was really the biggest, the biggest lesson of all. Yeah. You know, Angie and I, we do a lot of kind of communication and connection training with some of our clients. And we always talk about the power of vulnerability. Now, if you really want to have a connection with whether it's your friends, your colleagues, your leader, whoever, vulnerability has to be a part of that. And yet a question we get a lot of the time is, well, how do I make sure I'm not oversharing or being over vulnerable? Do you have any experience with that? And what advice would you give? Um, well, <laughs> I, I, I was, I know that I'm skating on thin ice with this question that this can go a lot of ways, but I'm asking nonetheless. <laughs> yes. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, I too believe that. And I believe that, um, that in, you know, I've, I've been a, a leader in corporate America, et cetera, et cetera. And I believe that vulnerability is, is really one of the top three keys, you know, when you're leading a team or when you're communicating. Um, I would, I would argue if you do listen to my podcast, it is a bit of an overshare. There's a lot of oversharing going on there. Um, and I think that that is because that's kind of the third part of the podcast that I learned is that, you know, being so vulnerable and really putting it all out there, it can be a little bit much, but it also really leads to some laughter and it really, and laughter is truly healing. When you can get to a part in a broken heart where you're laughing about it or a mistake that you made or, you know, when people are sharing these things, you know, and they're like, well, that red flag, I just completely, you know, ignored. It's, it's funny, you know? And so I think that's where it goes for me. So if you do listen, it's an overshare. 100%. So I guess just essentially making sure you know that your environments and you know that when it is and isn't okay to overshare, because you're probably not going to want to do that in a job interview, but yeah. it's, it's so interesting what you say about how kind of brokenheartedness and tragedy can butt up so closely to laughter and humor. Uh, my mom passed away in 2014. It was suddenly, it was unexpected. And I was very lucky that I had friends from all over the country kind of fly in and stay with us. And the night after my mom's funeral, it was almost like a college spring break. Like there was debauchery. There was people throwing air mattresses out windows and laughter and drinking games. And I, it's weird to say it was a lot of fun, but it was. It really, really was. And I think sometimes sharing that vulnerability and letting it go into that is just cathartic. I don't know what question I have with this. I was just oversharing <laughs> he myself. He was just oversharing yourself. No, and I, I think that's really, I think that's part of the important process that you bring up. You know, I think we're sharing this concept too with brokenheartedness, whether it's your parent, I went through a divorce and I always think too, that when you're in the middle of it, you don't have the perspective that this is going to be the best worst thing specifically of divorce. Right. Uh, it's going to be possibly the best worst thing that has 
ever happened to me. And to get laughter, I think sometimes it gives you perspective on the humanity of everything. So again, I don't think I have a question, Jill, just jump in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that, you know, too, like being able to, to, to laugh about it, that, that is the expression of all kinds of loss, right? So, um, well, first of all, Ben, you should be on the podcast. Please come on Brokenhearted Blockbuster. Anytime. Yes. Anytime. <laughs> I'm a theater person as well, so I can't sing, but I, I'll do he'll a monologue. Try, but he'll try really hard. <laughs> in, in divorce, especially, Angie, what do they always say? Like, what did your friends always say? They always said, oh, you know, it's going to be okay. And when you're in it, you're like, no, it's not. Like, it's never going to be okay, you know? And then... The next thing you know, as you're hearing all these stories and as you are going through the process and laughing about it, like, oh my, you know, I could have had a V8, you know, I, I wish I would have known, um, you know, kinds of moments, you, that's where you laugh. And also to, you know, to your mom, your mom passing, like that, she, she would want you to be laughing and, and not wallowing. And she, she, I don't know about the debauchery, but she would definitely want you to be celebrating, right? You know, it's something we said over and over that night. My mom's name was Hope. And we just kept looking at each other as we were taking shots and going, you know, it's what Hope would have wanted. That's right. And that just was fuel on the fire. There you go. To Hope. (laughs) To Hope, for sure. Well, it's, it's so great. I feel like it is cathartic. It's wonderful to open up and be vulnerable about these things. But let's say, you know, I'm a friend of someone who's going through a divorce. And I don't have something I can empathize really with that experience. What advice would you give to me to to be a friend to someone going through something like that? Yeah, I would think, you know, just be there, you know, just listen and let let the person that's going through the grief go through all the stages, you know, today it's going to look a little bit different than it will tomorrow, you know, and just be there to listen and not judge and watch it, you know, kind of go through the roller coaster of emotions that it's that it's going to go through. So if you're listening to this and you're going through something really difficult, I'm going to turn it to you, Jill, in just a second. Just know that there's some great guidance and perspective you can take, whether it's a loss of a loved one, whether it's going through a divorce and you're experiencing just tremendous challenge and change. Jill, what guidance, what are some of the do's and what are some of the don'ts? Because, you know, I, when I went through a divorce, people are like, oh yeah, you know, eat, eat whatever you want, drink whatever you want. And that might be good for a day, but that's not a habit. Sustainable. <laughs> or if it's sustainable, it's not what I want to sustain, right? That's not good. <laughs> Maybe it's good for a day, but not or for days. It. Right. <laughs> so what are some of your do's and don'ts? Because what we hope with, with Bet On You Radio is to give people tools and resources to get themselves back where they can take all these broken pieces and come out stronger or more beautiful as a result of their tragedy or pain. Yeah. So I think that, you know, I know that there's a time to listen to an advice, time to listen to advice and a time to be like, okay. Um, So please, you know, take, take what you need from this podcast and, um, you know, leave the rest. And that's, that's actually the first piece of advice I would give. That was very meta. We're in the matrix now. So meaning um, a lot of people gave advice, you know, try this, try that, you know, I, 
one of them was wine. Again, not super sustainable to have, you know, a bottle of wine every day, but if it's what you need to try to see like, okay, how does this feel? And do I feel better? Your body and you will know eventually what to do. I mean, I literally, I wasn't joking, you know, when I said, if people had said like, Hey, you know, sacrifice a goat and dance around naked. I, I literally tried everything from, you know, crystals to again, the movies, all of it. And what I landed on was just kind of taking the pain and transforming it into something new. So actually really sitting with the pain, feeling it, but also really utilizing it. Um, this is sort of tangential and I'm sorry, but my um, ex-husband had like a man cave outside. He would hate that, that I just called it that, but oh well. Um, so it was a man cave. And what I did was I gutted it, I repainted it, and I turned it into a spa um, because I'm a licensed esthetician and I wanted to do like facials for friends who can't, you know, always afford to do that for themselves. So, um, you know, it was a lot of like kind of looking at my life and saying, what can I do to really um, create something new out of how I'm feeling and how would I like to feel and sort of projecting that on and, and changing things up. If that makes any sense at all what I just said. Perfect sense. It makes perfect. Uh, it's so interesting, but I feel like the prescription you've given here of just kind of experiencing things, know what you're feeling, adjust, move on. Like you don't have to be going through grief to do those things. That might be a pretty decent prescription on just how to live life. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, the one thing I will say, and this is a very vulnerable moment between us three <laughs> and whoever else listens of course. and whoever yeah. else is listening. Hi listeners. Is that, um, I think I spent a lot of the 20 years not really being in touch with how I felt, you know, not really being fully present for what I was feeling. So when I was in the muck of the divorce and when I was so depressed and I, I said, okay, I'm going to feel this and, and, and really listen to why I'm feeling this way. And then, and then again, reach out, you know, reach out if you need help, reach out to a therapist, obviously to, your friends, you know, to whatever programs, groups, books, crystals, you know, whatever you need. Incense, incense. Don't forget helpful. the incense. Yeah, burn. And I, I went through that um, spa that I built, and I did a whole sage thing, which I'd never done or would have never done in a million billion years, and said words of intention, and like a very very groovy person went around and saged the whole, you know, saged the whole spa area. So and the only yeah. negative thing that came out of it was a restraining order from your local goat farm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forced the neighbors when I danced naked. <laughs> You know what? They should pay admission for that. I think a yeah, gift. There's my dollar bills. Yeah, no, they, it was. Um, it was definitely a moment, and I literally tried. I tried everything. You know, I so, really. Yeah, I mean, thank you for that moment of vulnerability. Being able to say in these twenty years, I wasn't really fully present with myself, and I think it's really important to know that I've known you for many years. 
And me knowing you as seeing you as a very vibrant, successful, we were talking earlier during the break, like you've branded yourself within Benefit Cosmetics, you're, where yes. you have this amazing corporate job as the roller skating VP. So I wonder, you know, and I think this is really valuable for the listeners, how you can dance around hard truths and emotions that you're avoiding. Like I know for me personally, I'm really good at being busy. You know, you have your career, you have your kids, you have your fun, you have your friends. I wonder how that played into just, you know, your lack of presence with yourself. Yeah, Angie, you hit it right on the head. I was really, really, really busy being everything for everyone else and not really checking in with who who I was. And you know, on the on the outside that that does look great. It looks vibrant and, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, now I'm like, oh, you know, I'm so sad all the time. But um you know, I think that because it was so much output for everyone else and so much juggling um, for, you know, my husband trying to make sure that he was really happy, you know, all the time and that everything was running perfectly in the household and at work and everywhere um, that I think that I never really got to just stop and be me and discover who that was. And, you know, good news is that she's pretty vibrant and fun and fun loving as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you like you. Yay. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but um, I think, you know, when you start just doing everything for everyone else and you never take a moment to really check in and find out, you know, what you're thinking and what you're feeling about it, then that that gets really dangerous in the end. And in the end, it didn't, it didn't help, you know, it didn't help keep my marriage. It didn't help those things, you know. So that was an interesting realization, you know, three years later. Do you find that going through the experience of really leaning into the sadness, the pain, the vulnerability, uh, having really fully processed that emotion, is it easier to process other emotions now? happiness, fear, anger? Um, I think that's a really interesting question, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> Peter Pan loving individual. Um, I, think, <laughs> um, I think that what is helpful actually is the naming of things. So I think, yeah, in some ways you're correct. I'm able to be like, oh, okay, what, what am I feeling? You know, I'm feeling angry and I need to, and, and why? So like stopping and taking a pause and really asking myself, I think it's, um, going through that, um, three years ago taught me to be able to identify what I'm feeling quicker. Yeah. We spend so much time talking about emotional intelligence, but it sounds like a lot of people probably need a lesson in emotional literacy. Right. This is something I'd like to dig a little bit more into because I think if everyone actually was to stop and pause and just analyze their feelings before going right to the, you know, part of their brain where they're just trying to act on them and limit what they think their emotions are, we could probably all be a little bit smarter and maybe make better decisions too. Maybe, maybe. What do you think, Joe? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that's true. I think, you know, again, um, thinking about 
you know, what I'm feeling, I think, you know, in, in three years, you know, going to therapy and really talking with the therapist about, you know, how I'm feeling, what I'm doing, what I'm thinking. Um, it's, you know, on Brokenhearted Blockbuster all the time, every person that comes on, there's always a moment of like, yay, therapy, you know, with pom-poms. Um, and I think that that's, that's a, a, a truism that it's, it's really important to know what you're feeling and know who you are. But I also want to say like, don't discount humor, you know, don't, don't discount the facts that sometimes when it's, when it's really bad or even really good to like make sure that you're you're kind of laughing about the ridiculousness of certain things of your life. I think that that's really really important as well and something that connects us all and something that like heals us as well. I think it's so funny. Yeah, like if I'm driving down the road belting out Indigo Girls, if there was a camera on me, I would look hysterical. A, I can't sing and be Indigo Girls, you know. <laughs> well, I love Indigo Girls, so that's not. So maybe that's not so hysterical. You're as close as fine as you need to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yet music is definitely healing. So you know, if, if that's one thing, if that's the only thing you walk away with on this podcast, is laugh and listen to some music, and you'll feel instantly better. And I want to go here because I imagine people are listening to who think asking for help and going to therapy is just something that they might never consider doing. I know we've talked about it before, Ben. I've been to a therapist. Oh, I talk about you with my therapist all the time. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm sure he's been really... <laughs> Jill... That's funny. <laughs> Has he been helpful at least? She. She. Oh, yes. Dang it. <laughs> Well, I'm glad she sounds amazing. She's fantastic. Jill, can you talk to us for those out there about the benefits of therapy? Laughter being one of them certainly can be very therapeutic, but having that outside person to just help you get right-minded. I will say, actually, um, sorry, just combining laughter and therapy is the days that I make my therapist truly laugh, I literally, and this is probably not the right thing to do, but I literally like put a gold star on my calendar because <laughs> I feel so proud of That's myself. Awesome. <laughs> That's like, I just told them something so outrageous that they laughed. That's all that they'd never heard before. Winner. That's good times. Take that facade of professionalism and tear it down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I think that, um, listen, you know, Thank goodness for this new decade, this new world, because I think that therapy is now way less shameful than it was. You know, I think before it was like, ooh, you know, you, you there must be something wrong with you if you're going to therapy. Um, I think that that sort of um, stigmatism has like passed. And I think that it's it's okay to ask for help. And again, I think when I was in my darkest moments, that's when I realized I, I need to ask everyone for help. You know, I, I asked my friends and just was just very honest and said, I just need you to listen, you know, and, you know, even down to don't, don't be afraid to say to your friends sometimes, cause God bless, they're all so well-meaning and they, and they want to give advice, right? That's what we all want to do. We're like, you know what you should do? You should do this. Um, and so sometimes don't be afraid to just say to your friends or a friend, like, 
I just need you to listen without comment. And I'll tell you when, when I want advice, because I think, you know, just to get it out of your own head and somewhere else is a really good thing. And that's, that's why it's important to ask for help. I also think too about the value of articulating your thoughts. Sometimes you have the amazing capability to answer your own challenges or give yourself the greatest solutions, but just to be able to think out loud to somebody, I don't know. I think out loud to you, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you think out loud to me? Of course. Okay. All the time. I mean, except for the stuff I talked to my therapist about. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) No, but yeah. What's going on inside your mind? Like sometimes the, the negative little goblins, I like to call them the goblins in your mind or monkeys or whoever's up there can really be laying out some not flattering things for yourself. And so to talk to them to another person who really sees you and knows you and say the worst possible thing that you're thinking, and then to have them, you know, say to you, no, no, it's going to be okay. I think is, is a good thing too. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think my favorite thing about therapy is like they are, I am paying them not to judge me. And it's so nice to just go somewhere and not be judged. And no matter what you say, assuming it's not, you know, a felony, the, I think it's, it's great. Yeah. I don't know why there's a stigma around therapy. It's it's mental, mental floss. It's awesome. Well, what is, what's interesting is we're talking about talking about our pain and then couching that with a blockbuster hit is that you're listening, you're literally sharing your story and following a story. And not every story works out perfectly. And that's kind of life too. But you're healing while you're seeing a transformation in some regard. And I think that's what sometimes people get stuck. And I've seen this a lot with people who just, you know, they keep on talking about maybe the divorce that happened 15 years ago, and they never really turned the page. And I think that's the point, right? Is being able to articulate your story and seeing progress on your journey. I think it's awesome what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the podcast, what's so interesting is, you know, people say whatever film it is. Um, a lot of films I, I haven't ever even seen. So that's a really fun journey for me too. What we do is we watch the film separately and then we get together and then we sort of review the film like top to bottom. And what's interesting is we always, as we're reviewing the film, pull out like, okay, what's the brokenhearted wisdom here? And so it's really interesting how sometimes the story and the movie, even not meaning to, they just pick the film because they like the film, it kind of lines up um, with the wisdom and the ideas. So I think that's, that's also what's really fun about this podcast. And the other thing that's fun too is talking about vulnerability is like, People share these things and then I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, me too. And I'll have a story. Maybe it's not from the divorce, but it could be from, you know, my boyfriend in the fifth grade where, you know, I broke my nose on the uh, <laughs> on the playground and he was like, ooh, cool blood. And, you know, I knew from then that like, you know, that's the kind of guy I wanted was a guy that thought that. <laughs> My broken nose is cool or whatever, you know, so it's just, um, it's really about like, it's, there's so much humanity in a broken heart and we all feel it and we all do it and it all comes out in a different way. And that's also what's so funny about it too. You have done so much in your life beyond podcasting. You've been, you know, a corporate executive at Benefit Cosmetics. You're a mom, you dabble in the theater. Maybe you've done more than dabbling in the theater, but you just have such a full life. And because of this amazing journey you've been on, you've acquired a lot of wisdom. So we're going to ask you 
so you can share with us answers to our five favorite questions. Are you ready? Yes. And it doesn't have to be a speed round. I'm presenting it like that. It is not a speed round. No, it's not like Jeopardy. There's no timer. Take your time. Share your guidance. Can you share with us a book that you have read along the way that was influential to you, perhaps inspirational or meaningful to you? Share with us, all of us, just a book. Okay. So a book that I love is um, Gabrielle Union's I Think We're Going to Need More Wine. Have you ever heard of that book? I have I heard have, of that book. <laughs> it is a great book. Um, and, you know, again, it sort of ties back a little bit to Broken Hearted Blockbuster in that we've done several of her films. So that's great. But also it's a situation where you think, you know, Gabrielle, you know, she's beautiful and she has a footballer husband who's amazing and great kids and all of this. But then you read this book and you discover some of like the darkness in her life and some of um, some things that have happened that have really um, shaped shaped her life and shaped who she's become and how she's overcome um, so many obstacles that it was. And, and again, with humor, the title of the book is, you know, I think we're going to need more wine. I just think it's, you know, a really inspiring story. And uh, I read it recently and I just, I just really enjoyed it. So that's the one that came up first in my mind. Love it. Awesome. All right. So we all from time to time just get in a funk. You know, we've all been there where we just don't want to get off the couch. We're not being as productive as we'd like to be. What do you do when you get in a funk to snap yourself out of it? Okay. Well, I think some of them are pretty obvious. I've got about like four things. I'm going to make them real quick. Number one is a walk, physical activity outside, like super important, a walk around whatever you need to do. Um, I think that also another one is Schitt's Creek, the TV show. Um, <laughs> which you can say on radio. So yes, yes. keep going. Ooh, I got like real panicky there. <laughs> out again um or any of your like what's your favorite again go to movie go to show you know revisit those characters revisit your you know your friends that you love you know from where whatever show you love the other one that you're not really gonna like um no i'll tell you this other one first okay Here's the one I do with my son cliffhanger sorry is i always say um when we're mad at each other, or especially with my son, I say, okay, quick, what's three things you like about me? And I say, here's three things I like about you. And we normally end up kind of laughing through it. Cause like, if he's mad at me, my teenage son, he's like, you know, it's really hard to think of something, but your friends will tell you three things that they like about you always. Right. And if you're in a funk and you hear those two things, sometimes it's like, oh, I didn't even think of that. The last one that you're not going to like most definitely is I take freezing cold showers. Not a lot of people do that. It's really intense. So, I mean, freezing, like water all the way on cold. It'll change your mood like that. It is horrible to experience at first, but uh, it's, you know, like an ice bath. Once you do it, then you're like, whew, you know, it's a whole new mindset. I, I've read on the benefits of this. I've, I was reading uh, The 4-Hour Body by Tim Ferriss as well as listening to a podcast by Mel Robbins talking about the benefits of cold therapy. And like, there's a lot of science behind 
why it's a good idea, even though we don't like it. <laughs> My son is doing that right now, actually. He's been taking freezing cold showers. He's for 45 Athens. minutes, he's been up there. It's for I mean, this it's, whole time, know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for his, I'm worried about his hygiene because... He's in and out of there really fast, but he's taking cold showers. It does, I'm it gonna, does save on water for sure. It does. Absolutely. <laughs> Nobody's taking the hot water from me. Right. <laughs> okay. So I want you to go back in time a bit and give your younger self some advice. What would you tell your younger self, whether it's 10, 20, 30 years ago, what guidance would you have for younger Jill? Uh, the guidance I would have for younger Jill is I would say, Jill, you know, lean into resiliency, like just really keep resilient, you know, that word in mind, because it's going to serve you over and over and over again, you're going to get knocked down, got to get back up. So I think that's what I would tell myself. All right, question real quick, mom or dad? Mom or dad? Mm -hmm. Just pick one. Dad? So if you were going to get a tattoo on your arm written in your dad's handwriting, what would it say? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, you're going to make me cry. Um, it would say to thine own self be true. Oh, oh, that is so sweet. Now you're going to go do oh, it. If you do it, will well. you take a picture? Oh, I <laughs> heard that. Can you share a piece of feedback that you received that was really difficult for you to hear, but was really valuable? Um, yeah, I think um, one would be, um, it's in the details. So I remember being, you know, a younger executive and, sort of putting the pencils out on a table and an older executive coming in and kind of arranging the pencils and me just being like, come on, dude, like really? And then just again, like realizing, oh, it is in the details. So that then the next people that came in, the people who the presentation it was for were like, oh, you know, yeah, this, this room looks so amazing and so beautiful. Um, so I think that would be it. And then, the second piece is is a piece that I'm going through right now. I just got um, restructured. It's another heartbreak. It's another uh, divorce. So um, from my job. And um, so I think like that was really hard to have that happen. But also then looking forward and knowing that I could make whatever the next part of my career is into anything I want. Um, and so I think that that's very inspiring and very hopeful um, and very valuable. Oh, and I'm excited for that. Ben, last question. Thank the, you for that. Oh, last question. Let's go with um, what is just something fun, uh, a life hack that you learned recently that you were just like, oh, my gosh, this game changer. How did I not know about this other than ice showers? Yes. Oh, ice showers. Um, I would say YouTube has everything. <laughs> I broke my espresso machine and I I took it all apart and then I was like, oh no. And the grinder was like, Rrr! made this really weird noise. Sorry, that was probably not Someone great. That was, that was um, and, um, <laughs> and so I literally typed into YouTube like weird noise and the specific model of the and it was like, here, this is what you do. And it walked me all the way through it. And I literally today Fix my espresso machine. 
win. Hashtag yes, winning. Yes, it always feels good when you do that yourself. It's like the, the zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. You ever read that book? That's a great yes. book. Yes, <laughs> uh, 100%, 100%. I felt like such a genius. Oh, well, Jill, where our listeners are obviously going to want to learn more about you and listen. Where can they learn more about the Brokenhearted Blockbuster podcast? You, Where should they go? Well, you can um, listen to Brokenhearted Blockbuster everywhere that you listen to podcasts. So it's on Apple, Spotify, all, all, all the things. Um, and of course, please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, and <laughs> you can yeah, also uh, follow it on Instagram at, at Brokenhearted Blockbuster. Um, and you can also follow me personally. I have a lot of fun adventures at, at Jill TT on Instagram. Thank you so much, Jill. You're amazing and inspiring. And I'm sure we all got something from our conversation today. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thanks so much for having me. Friends, welcome back to Bet on You Radio. What an amazing conversation. Angie, you got to keep your goats away from Jill. But <laughs> all of them, both all of them? them, all of both of them. Yes. <laughs> oh, I it was just so amazing to hear about kind of the difference between emotional intelligence and emotional literacy and realizing that before we can really process anything, we have to know what it is we're feeling. Because I think they say there's only like four or five core emotions. There's like joy, anger, fear, disgust, joy, anger, fear, and sorrow. Yes. And so, there's shades yeah. of those emotions too. You know, it's funny, like Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart, she talks about a ton of different shades of those emotions. But she, through her research, says that people really just say, I'm mad, I'm happy, or I'm angry or pissed off if we can say that on the radio so but there's more words than that and the value of being able to identify them because if you can label it and be curious about it you can do something with it yeah as opposed to just letting you know you can respond to it and let instead of react to it mm -hmm. which i think is a lot of what emotional intelligence is so i gotta ask you know we got so many so much great advice today what is something that stood out to you so i have heard from several people lately that they're taking cold showers and doing ice baths and doing these extremes. In fact, I was talking to a woman I served with in the Marine Corps recently, and she's doing ice plunges just to remind herself how mentally, physically, emotionally tough she is. And I'm like, I believe you. And I would never do anything like that. What did you pick? But but I know people are doing it and they're getting something out of it. What do you what did you pick up from Jill's conversation? Oh my gosh. It was yeah, the cold showers stood out. The the how so close to one side of tragedy is comedy. Like every time there's something kind of horrific in her life, she can laugh about it. And how much, honestly, this brokenhearted, you know, blockbuster conversation we had today, how funny it was because she was a hoot and I cannot wait. But here's one thing. We all learned about my pirate fetish, uh, as you so aptly called it. What movies are your go-to movies when oh. you are feeling down or when you're in a funk? I didn't answer that question, but I'll say one of my favorite movies of all time, and I, only, I will only watch it once a year, and it just connects with me emotionally. So it's The Holiday with um, Cameron oh, Diaz. Kate Winslet, oh. Jack Black, Jude Law. For some reason, that just plays on, like it's my everything movie. It's my holiday movie. It's my romance movie. It's my pick-me-up movie. It's like the everything movie, and I don't even, it's, you know, if you really watch it, it's not even really that good, but it's great. You and my wife have this in common. She loves that movie. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'm not alone there. Well, friends, 
Thank you so much for tuning into Bet On You Radio. My hope is that you got something out of that conversation that gives you greater courage and confidence to not just pursue your hopes and dreams, but build better relationships. Most importantly, the relationship with yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you have a Jack Black poster lying around, be sure to send it to Angie. Or Jude Law. Or Jude Law. (laughs) If you got to (laughs) choose. Take care, everyone. Thank you for tuning in.